Welcome to another exciting podcast brought to you by Bayside Christian Church. Well, what a joy and a privilege for me to be here in Bayside Church uh, with my dear, dear friends, uh, Pastor Roz and Mary, and of course Peter and his wife and a bunch of other people. Uh, it's always a joy for me to be here. Amen. I want you to know that Basa Church is the largest contributor of our ministry in this large continent of Australia. Amen. Uh, well, what else I should say to excite you? I just said you are the greatest givers of all the churches I go in this country. Amen. And, uh, and also a dedicated uh, church for years. It's not like some church will write after three years and tell you, well, the Lord is leading us to another direction. So God bless you. You know, you can go and find your money or die, but we are going to go another direction. But this church has stood with us in our hard times and good times and all through these years. And uh, an amazing thing that you still have me to come and preach. That is amazing. (laughs) So, and I'm so grateful to Pastor Ross. And also enjoy having him coming to India. He's a great man of God. An amazing preacher. I just borrow his sermon sometimes. (laughs) Without his knowledge. (laughs) Sometimes I sit with him and nag him. What about that open heaven thing? I like that one. So he gave me a printout. And I use it. Amen. And uh, so they love me and enjoy time. I always come to this church first time before I go anywhere else. And uh, just great fish and chips. What else you can ask for? (laughs) Everything is great. (laughs) So lovely to see Dr. Wiki and Lachmi. I thought I almost missed you, but uh, God told you to come and meet me, so that's good. <laughs> and uh, Well, folks, the ministry has been growing. I remember when, pa- when Pastor Ross took over this church, I think we were uh, maybe getting close to a thousand churches. So that's what we were at that time. And today we have grown from that point. And today we have got more than 4,000 churches right across the nation of India. But before I go any further, I want you to see what you have done and helped us. We're going to look at a photograph of an orphanage. That looks like a palace. That's a building that the church helped us to build. And uh, this photograph was taken by by Lisa just about three, four weeks ago. Where is Lisa? Okay. So this is the latest photograph. And uh, so this is from, you have to understand, from a tiny little one room that was holding the orphanage, which is one third of this platform. That's where all the children sleep on the floor eat everything there 
and we even have the church there move them out and from there they are moving to this building amen it's like from the shack to the palace amen and there's no exaggeration and uh, this is actually a part of the building which is a church and uh, we can seat up to about 100 people of course indian style you know australians need more space it's not an offense you guys want your own space you don't want anybody close to you right here in india we just sit on each other's lap and we are happy with that you know and uh, so that is a church on the side and it has got everything that they need and uh, you know their um, uh, you know they got they got the bedrooms so this shows that you are there in india that's the boys home right Hallelujah. Amen. And the only problem is the kids were asking me when are we going to move? I said when I come back from Australia. And what does that mean? Because we don't have any furniture. We got just an empty building over there. And these are the boys in the old little orphanage building where they are. There is Lisa smiling. And uh, so we are trying to raise money. for furnishing that place you know putting beds and uh, the tables dining tables and the study stuff all that is going to cost us $8000 to do that and uh, we have been raising money and uh, they took an offering uh, pastor ross took an offering last service and i think that means we are getting a little closer and he's going to take an offering in this service and then we he will take an offering in the evening service so uh, don't stay away from the evening just because there's going to be another offering <laughs> we will not hold your throat <laughs> even if you don't want to give that'll be fine but please come to hear another message i will preach another message not the same one and um, but i want you to give generously so that we'll be able to get this building furnished so that the kids can move from there where they are now and get to the place where God has given to them amen and God will bless you and we do have a, a table at the back which is kind of a hall of fame because we're having all the uh, pastors photographs and the orphan children photographs there we are trying to find some support for our pastors Uh, if you don't notice your missions giving you have found that quite a few people in the church are supporting our pastors and some the uh, our orphans but we do need some more people to join the crowd and so i wanted to ask yourself how you could partner with the ministry that continually growing amen and uh, i had a leadership meeting about um, 6 weeks ago and we have set a goal to to establish 500 churches more you know in the next 12 months so that's what we are setting up the goal and i've got everything geared up but keep going and um, that means we need more support of these new pastors so for a pastor support you know i'm asking you 60 dollars a month i'm asking you to give me that 2 dollar coin every day You know how much is that worth and if that falls off your pocket you won't even know it
but that will make such a big difference in the life of a pastor and his family in India. So I wanted to think about that. And I look at them as my greatest heroes. You know, I, I am, I'm friends with a lot of guys like Yonggi Cho, uh, Reynard Banke, Benny Hinn, you know, I have breakfast with them and all that. But to me, they are not my heroes. To me, these men, you know, working in a remote village, being beaten up almost daily, starving, their children starving, their sheer existence is such a great challenge. And in the midst of that, there they are working. And by being there, they are able to bring the gospel, the good news to those people who have never heard the name of Jesus Christ even once. And that you are investing into that life, into those children. And your money will give them a little roof over their head. And at least it will put one meal on the table so that the little children do not starve continuously. So we want you to pray about that. And if God speaks to you, hey, I can spare the $2 a day. Please walk up there. Pastor Peter is there. And Phil is there. And they will be more than happy to, to sign you up and help a pastor in India. If you think that giving $2 is a hard thing, well, give me a dollar a day. That means we can support an orphan children in India. Amen? Yes. We need bicycles for the pastors and so many other needs we have. Before that, I want you to have a look at a ministry that you have been supporting all these years. Suddenly so you will know where you are involved and where your money is going, apart from Abraham uh, going to Hawaii for six months. <laughs> Did I say that? <laughs> Just came out of my mouth. <laughs> so this is what we do. Churches, crusades, Bible colleges, children's homes, schools, technical college, training schools, welfare, and women ministry. Yes. People always just ask me, yeah, you look like a, such a disorganized guy. How do you run this show, you know? I look like, but I'm a little bit organized, you know? So this is how we run it. And the, the, the top guy is me, and below me are the regional pastors who are in charge of a state, as well as in charge of five areas. And below them are the area pastors, and then come down the local pastors who are there taking care of each local church. So that means... We have more than 4,000 pastors working with us. They are in our database. They're there, their wives, their children, and uh, it's a bunch of people working with this organization. So this is our, the, the ministry pie, and you can see, talks about the various states. We have got churches in 24 states of India, and it's interesting, you'll see the biggest piece of the pie is Orissa. Orissa is a place where we have got the, we have the worst persecution, people being killed, you know, churches being destroyed, such a great persecution, but God has got his last laugh, we have the largest churches in that state. Isn't that amazing? More than 700 churches. Yeah. And these are all the churches. I was in Nepal, Wearing the Nepali cap with my pastors. These are all the various village church buildings which we can build for $10,000. And these are the crusades. And I collect crusades for a few thousand people and reaching out, praying, 
and leading people to the Lord. So these are all the crusades. And we've got 14 Bible colleges in various languages right across the nation of India, training up almost more than 400 young men every year, and they go into the ministry. Amen. So these are all the graduation of the different Bible colleges we have. And these are all the buildings that has the Bible colleges. So the students live with us. And it's a residential school. And they get trained and sent out for the ministry. And this is our orphanages. We call it children's homes. Started off in 1999. And we got 17 orphanages in nine states of India and Nepal. Looking after more than 400 children. Uh, in different orphanage buildings. There are our children over there. And, uh, you know, we were able to give a life to them. Otherwise, more, many of these children would have died on the streets. Many of the children would have died of starvation. But because what God has given in our heart, and because of many of you have provided, we were able to give a life. You know, these kids have found a home. And they will find a life as they grow up. And I want you to know you have played a very important role in that. And these are all the orphanage buildings that we were able to build pretty close to the one that we have built uh, that you have saw, seen. It's almost the same kind of buildings, multi-purpose buildings there. At Christian Academies, about six schools, more than almost 3,000 children. And most of them are non-Christians, Hindus, Muslims. We use it as a powerful tool of evangelism because we run it on very strong Christian principles and the teacher, the students should learn Christian songs, learn Bible stories one hour every day and our assembly, it is mandatory for all, the, all of our children to learn and recite the Lord's Prayer by heart. I will not ask you to do that. You may not be able to, so I will not bother you. But our children got to learn the Lord's Prayer. Amen? So these are all the buildings of the various schools that we are having. And uh, we have an engineering college like a university, you know, teaching, bringing out engineers. And we, are, we started to help our own children who would have never become an engineer otherwise. So we made it possible where... It has been given scholarship for them. They hardly pay any fees. So they will all come out as an engineer. It's a nice building, isn't it? So this is the engineering school. was built by an engineer guy who gave all the money. God spoke to him to do that. So this is the inside of our school. That's a workshop over there. Oh. All right, sewing schools. We've got 65 sewing schools across the country. We're literally training more than 1,000 women every day in all these schools put together. Poor and destitute women taught a trade and they're able to move on with life. These are some of this thing and we do a lot of welfare programs, help people in earthquake and tsunamis, floods, cyclones. We help them build houses and Give them food, clothing, and buy bicycle for the pastors, and the thing goes on. 
Well, women's ministry is headed by my wife, Joyce. And we have got more than 700 women's prayer groups in India praying every day. So whenever I say we pray for you, you have to realize there are 7,000 women praying somewhere in my country for you. That's a lot of prayer. So you should realize that you are in a hit list. So you cannot get away from that prayer and God will bless you. And they do have a ministry called Naomi Fund. They support widows uh, who have been the pastors killed because of persecution or accidents. So we take care of their wives and their children. Amen. Thank you so much. So that gives you a little idea. That what your giving has done over the years. And um, God has been so gracious. And I want you to know, we have, no, we have no connection with big organizations. No foundations help us. And all the funds that I've received is through my personal relationship and friendship. And ministering in the churches. And people like you have been giving. And that is the way we have built this ministry. And I've been traveling. I came to this country first time in 1979. I was a young guy at that time. I was not even married. And yet I'm still coming. And uh, people have been gracious to me, have been faithful and generous. And that's how the ministry goes. So I want you to know how important you are to me. Your your $30, your $60, you're buying a bicycle. means so much to us. It is not a guy just coming and picking up some money where millions of dollars coming from somewhere. No, that's not the case. So you can, you can be happy that you are a very integral part of a ministry that is growing, one of the largest ministries in the nation of India. And you are making that happen. And thank you so much for that. And continue to help us because we are, unfortunately, continue to grow. So we need your help. Amen. Hallelujah. All right, I've got a message to share with you for the next few minutes. If you'll turn your Bibles to the last book of the Old Testament, which is the book of Malachi, I want to, to take you through the chapter 3 from verse 13 down. You can keep your Bible open, you know, or anything. Your iPhone, your phone, iPad, your pad, whatever that is, you know, keep that thing open. And um, we are living, we, you know, we are in a rented building, in you know, a church in Delhi. So we wanted to build a church for ourselves. And uh, when we build a church, one of the things that I want to do is I want to have a jammer in my church so that every cell phone will die. I don't think you like that, do you? But it will come alive when they get out of the building. So that's the kind of a plan. Because I wonder when, whether they're looking at the, uh, the Bible or whether they're having a game when I'm you know, breaking my heart and preaching my heart out. And there you are playing a game. <laughs> All right. Let's do it. I want to talk to you today about two kinds of Christians. They both are Christians. Both are going to heaven. There's no problem. But the life... And our attitude is very different. 
so i wanted to start off with the bad ones and then go on to the good ones or should i go the reverse what do you think right so we'll just start off from here so in verse 13 god is speaking to his children us and he says your words have been harsh against me well that's not a good thing for god to say isn't it he's saying your words has been harsh it's like like piercing into my heart it it hurts me and uh, when god says we are so clever as usual we say how did we do that we can never say things like that to hurt you you know that's what we say we have to say what have we spoken against you we always do that you know in the same chapter when god is speaking about our giving our tithes he says will man rob god and our answer no way how can we ever rob god and then god says well because of through your tithes and offerings so he has to remind us so even in this case he is reminding us that our words are hurting him and he is telling us what are those words in verse 14 we read like this and god says you have said it is useless to serve god i think we should all be culprit of this statement somewhere along the line in our life you know it's useless to serve god and it says what profit is it that we have kept his ordinance and that we have walked as mourners like like shedding tears before the lord of hosts so now we call the proud blessed for those who do wickedness or raised up they even tempt god and go free this is the kind of statement that we make against our god i have said this uh, quite a few times in my, in my life saying when i was so stuck and so lonely and couldn't go any forward and my life seems to be at a dead end i have not said it openly but said in my heart i said it is useless to serve god and now what am i going to go you know it's no profit to obey god have you said that have you ever said this in your life in not at good times but i'm asking you in your bad times you know when you're struggling with your life challenges problems sickness in your body your family situation your financial situation and you have been a christian for all this time and at those times have you ever said saying it's useless to serve god if you have said that would you please raise your hand because i'm feeling lonely here because it seems like i'm the only one thank you thank you for those five truthful people thank god and uh, for the other ones and uh, it's true we did say that sometimes and uh, it hurts god but we don't realize that we don't realize the words that we speak you know we just say it just like that but we don't understand the words that challenges god the words that challenges his faithfulness that the words that challenges his love and his commitment towards us it pierces through his heart amen so i want to tell you please don't say that no matter what we go through no matter what challenges we go through we want you to know by the time i'm done you will realize 
that God never walks away from us. God never turns his back on us. God never lets you alone to fight your battle. He always says that I'm there with you. Always. Even until the end of this world. I'm there with you. Even if your mother forgets you. I will never forget you. I will never forsake you. And I'm the Lord. That I have counted every hair of your head. Amen. And we are challenging his faithfulness. We are challenging his commitment towards us. Amen. So that is a large crowd. Who challenges him and says it's useless to serve God. But there is another group. Within this group. A smaller one. That's what we call the people. That we read in verse 16. The people who fear God. Amen. Not like fearing God like a tiger. Fearing God like he's going to kill us. But the fear comes out of our love for God. Amen. The people who still has the first love in their life. Amen. I got that word from Pastor Ross. When he was praying in the, in the car on the way to the church. The people who have their first love. You know what a first love is? Do you remember the day that you got saved? Remember the excitement that was there, that your sins have been forgiven? Knowing that you are changed, knowing that you have become a child of God. You remember those days? Your heart was full of God's love. The only thing that you can think of is God. You couldn't care less about anything else in your life. You didn't care what you ate, what you were, where did you live. No problems. You always wanted to live in the church in those days. Remember that? We have to kick you out. Because we wanted to shut the door. You won't go. Amen. You are the first one to come in. And the last one to go. Now you are such a mature Christian. Oh you have been walking with the Lord for 17 years. Now guess what? You are the last one to come. And the first one to get out. What's happening to us? It's because we lose the first love. Amen? But the Bible says there is a group or the bigger group changes and repents and from there comes a group who wants the first love back in their life. Amen? And they are, the Bible says, those that fear God. That's the name that is given to us. Amen? How many of you like to be in this small group? Please raise your hands. I want that first love. I want to be known as, as those people who fear God. Amen? And here it says in verse 16, those who fear the Lord, they spoke to one another. Amen? When the people who don't fear God, the people who have lost the first love, they were speaking in verse 13, 14, and 15. When they get together, you know what they say? I'm just sick and tired of this God. It's useless to serve God. There's no profit here, man. And I, all my tears have gone waste. This is no good. I'm telling you, get out of this. That's what those people will talk to each other. But what kind of the things that the people who love God, the people who fear God will talk to each other? I believe that they will talk about the greatness and the wonderful nature of God. Amen? And here we read like this, those who fear the Lord... They spoke, not to God, but they spoke to each other. 
Amen? So I'm going to give you a little bit of an opportunity to talk to each other. To the one next, sitting next to you. I want you to talk about the wonderful thing that you think about God to the other person and vice versa. Would you like to do that? I don't have any more sermon to preach. So <laughs> let's, let's, start to, let's start killing some time, please. Come on. Come on, do it. We're not talking about the lunch we're going to have, okay? This is talking about God, by the way. Talking about the goodness and the greatness of God. Come on. Yeah, talk to Dr. Wiki, please. And let him also talk to you. Come on, let me. Amen, everybody. The drummer doesn't want to talk. You ran out of saying anything more about your God? I think we should read the Psalms and learn it. Amen? Listen to me for a minute, please. I wanted to tell you the seriousness of what you did. Just a moment, okay? You don't realize the seriousness of this because you think, this, this guy always makes us to do these kind of stupid things. You know, get our money and get out of this place. Don't waste our time, you know? That's what you think. But listen to me. This is such a serious thing. There we read like this. And then those who feared the Lord spoke to one another. And the Lord listened and heard them. You didn't realize that, did you? Did you realize when you are talking to each other? God is saying, I heard you. I like that. Amen. Come on, say a little bit more. Not only that. God, as he was listening to what we are saying, God says to the angel, by the way, get me that book of remembrance for me. Come on, bring it quickly. Why? He said, my people are talking good things about me. Write it down quickly for me now. Now, write it down. And they are writing everything that you... You didn't know that, did you? If you would have known that, you would have said something nicer. <laughs> Don't you think? Eh? All right? So he said... He writes it in the book of remembrance. And one day you know what's going to happen. He's going to, you're going to go to heaven. And he's going to take you around and he says, By the way, come over here. And he'll take you and you'll open this book. And this is what you call the book of remembrance. And he'll look at you and he says, You remember the 6th of March 2016? When you were sitting in the church, Bayside Church. You remember what you're telling about me? Let me read it for you. My God is a wonderful God. I love him so much with all my heart. He will never forget, forget me. He, did I say that, Lord? Of course. I've written it down. I'm just remembering it. I'm reminding you. Can you think about that? Well, I can hear you saying, would you please give us another chance? We want to do it right. Well, what the heck? Let's do it. Come on. Everybody start once again. Talk about the Lord. Tell him about the wonderful things about God. 
What a great God we have. Talk a little bit to Lydia also. She's left Do you like that? Eh? Do you like doing this? Well, by the way, I've got a little bit more to say, so please stop it. <laughs> Amen. Every word that you are saying is written in the book of remembrance. And God enjoyed it so much as we were saying. I want to encourage every one of you, you know, when you're at home, this is the better thing to do than sitting and nagging each other. Amen? Make it as a habit to talk about the goodness of God. Husbands and wives, fathers and children. You know, talk about the Lord. And you know, when you will start to have your spirit coming alive and enjoying what a wonderful God we have. And more and more we say, more and more the God becomes real to us. And we get so closer to him. And God says, I love this. Amen? And I want to encourage you to do that. Amen? Hallelujah. You know, people, we talk about God, good and bad, according to the times and seasons. But I want you to know, God never changes. God is always the same. Amen? In your good times, He's the same. In your bad times, also He's the same. When you're healthy, He's the same. When you're sick in your body, your God never changes. He's always the same. He's always there for us. Amen? And what is God saying? If you read in verse 17, 18, that God is speaking to us, and God says, they shall be mine. Who are they? The people who fear the Lord. People who fear the Lord, please raise your hands for me. He's talking about us. Amen? And he says, they shall shall be mine. He's looking at every one of you and he says, you are mine. Amen? Who is saying this? A God who never changes. A God who never tells lies. A God whose words are always a and amen. And that God is saying that you are mine. And then he goes on to say, on that day I made them, and they you are made like my jewels. Amen? It's not like, like a throwaway pot. You are being made as a precious jewel. Amen? Do you realize that? This is what God is talking about us. He says, you are mine and you are my jewel. And you are to me like a father who takes care of his son. I take care of you. And in verse 18 he says, And I will show the difference between the people who serve me, that is you and me, and the people who don't serve me, who are the wicked people. Amen? I will draw the line. I will show to the people, these are my people. They are mine. And they are my jewels. They are like my children. And they are people and I stand with them. Amen? Hallelujah. And then he goes on in chapter 4 and he says, I will punish everyone who lives in the wickedness. Everyone who turns their back on me. 
everyone who goes on their own way, I'll punish them. And then he goes on to say what he will do to us again in verse 2. And there he says, but to you, that's you and me, but to you who fear my name. What is he going to do? The son of righteousness shall arise. Who is the son of righteousness? Jesus Christ. Amen. The son of righteousness will arise with healing in his wings. Amen. The son of righteousness will arise. Jesus will stand from his throne. Amen. And he has got a mission. And what is his mission? Is to reach out to the people who fear him. To reach out to the people who love him. Reach out to the people who believe in him. And he says, I'm coming down to bless you. Amen? And he's coming down and now the, the speech is like a picture. He gets up like the son of righteousness. And the next scene is coming, diving down from heaven like an eagle. With his wings Amen. And what is he bringing? Right on his wings is bringing the healing. Amen. What healing is bringing? Not just the healing for your physical body. He's bringing healing for your soul. He's bringing healing in your financial situation. He's bringing healing in your family situation. He's bringing healing in your business. He's bringing healing in every area of your life. And he has got only one errand, only one mission. This is not for the world. This is not, the, not for the people there, but for the people who fear him. For the ones, would you please raise your hands one more time? And here the son of righteousness is arising and is coming. I'm going to release that healing. I'm going to release that power. I'm going to release that anointing upon your life because he's here just for you and me. Amen. Here he is. He's reaching out and he has brought the healing in his wings. Amen. Ready for it? Whatever you need in your life. Whatever. That's a good thing. The, the Lord, the word always speaks like this. Whosoever and then whatsoever. Amen. Whatsoever you need in your life, this is your day. This is your day. Put your hands out, my friends. Let him just drop it on your hand. Let him drop it on your hand. The thing that you're asking, there it is just for you. All the way. All the way. Dived right from heaven. Heart from heaven. Just for you and me. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for my brothers and sisters, Lord. Our hands put out to receive. Believing, Lord, you're here. And you have come all the way, bringing the healing that we need in every area of our life. And that you're going to do it for us, Lord. Father, in the name of Jesus. Father, I release that healing power. I release that healing power to flow. Lord, fall into those hands. Fall into their lives. Father God, I pray you will bless them. Lord, financial blessing. Business struggling and rocking no more because healing is falling on your hand. Amen. Healing for your body. I see the healing power touching you and healing you. I see the back pain going. You don't need to worry about it anymore because healing falls into your hand. The Lord is setting you free. Unruly children coming home. 
because healing comes in your hand god is doing marvelous things father god i pray you will bless everyone take care of them lord glorify your name because you are such a good god we love you with all our hearts lord in jesus name i pray amen amen god bless you i pray the lord's hand will upon you in a very special way pray for india don't forget to visit the table peter is waiting for you and uh, give generously let's buy those beds and everything for the children make that to happen thank you pastor ron stay tuned for another exciting podcast brought to you by bayside christian church